dias, senhoras e senhores. What is going on to today's Union Match recap against Club de Foot Montreal? Yesterday afternoon's match down at Subaru Park, which would end in a Philadelphia draw one to one, probably a performance we weren't fully expecting. And this was a tale of two halves, but there are still some concerns with the Philadelphians' attack. They are not scoring goals. And when you see the expected goal stat line at 1.2, when you only see one goal and you see the chances they had, especially in that first half, it is definitely frustrating. There are some concerns with this club right now, but it is still pretty early on in the season. And the more important part, the half of the battle has already been, been brought along, and that is the chances that they've been getting. And they have been absolutely getting those chances. We definitely have to finish, but we'll get into all of that. On a, it was a beautiful it was an absolutely beautiful beautiful afternoon in chester pennsylvania i was just right up the street in ridley park at dolan's bar for a great cause raising money for autism awareness teaming up with the philadelphia eagles but that does not mean we don't watch our philadelphia and we had this bad boy recorded watch this right after the sixers game um that is the beauty of a dvr if you don't have a dvr make sure you, you invest in yourself and you get yourself that dvr call up comcast whatever you're using these days because it is truly beneficial and definitely helping me making content for y'all because uh, we get to talk about the Philadelphia Uni now. But what's up? Real quick, I want to say hello to Facebook. We got YouTube, Twitter, and of course, we got TikTok in the building. If you guys are soccer fans, MLS fans, specifically Philadelphia Union fans, we are a lot of fans to come on in and give us their thoughts over yesterday afternoon's match. If you were there in attendance, if you're watching this match, give us your thoughts of what you thought throughout the 90 minutes. Come on in and give us your If not, hey, no worries. Drop your comments in both comment sections. We got TikTok open. We got YouTube open as well. Drop your comments in the comment sections section. You're concerned. I definitely want to get your guys' thoughts because yesterday's game was another one where I won't say it was a clunker, but it did feel like we lost the match because Montreal, although are a solid team, are playing much better this year, especially since Champions League's been over. This one feels as if we lost because we had the better opportunities. We look like the better team throughout the whole entire 90 minutes. So I wanted to definitely get your thoughts. What is your main concern uh, that you took away from yesterday afternoon? Awesome stuff. But let's get to this 1-1 draw. Now, when we're looking from the Toronto match to this match, we were looking at two things. The attack again. Had another a couple good opportunities in that in that match against Toronto. Played a good first half. Second half was a little bit of a different story. Uh, and of course, the back line had an uncharacteristic match. And you wanted to see them bounce back in this match against Montreal. And then more importantly, I mean, you're back at home. We're at the Fortress, and we all know that their level goes up when they're playing at Subaru Park. So we really wanted to see that energy come back in Chester, Pennsylvania. So those were some of the things that we were looking at. But um, the lineups didn't change. Everything did stay the same. Um, the second half, you did see Jack McGlynn and uh, Corey Burke sub in, uh, respectively, for uh, Julian Carranza and, uh, of course, Leon Flock. Now, the kicker was no Sergio Santos. He picked up a nagging injury with the hammy and uh, throughout training this week. So he was not available in the 18. Uh, so that meant that Pax and Aronson would have to come in as the second holding forward. Just thought it was interesting. I would have liked to see Quinn Sullivan. I continuously telling you guys that I like Quinn Sullivan as one of those forwards. I think down the line, we do know he is a Swiss Army knife of sorts. But he is best suited, especially with his body size and his finishing ability, to play as one of those forwards up top in the system. But I digress because Paxton is still a pretty lethal weapon as well up top. But let's get into it. So 
To start off, the Union really set the tone right and early. They had opportunities after opportunities. 310, we had an interesting opportunity where Kai Wagner gets a turnover in the in the Montreal zone. Well, in the Montreal half, I should say. And he gets a nice ball that the nice little aerial ball to Mikael Uwa, who makes a nice one-on-one run. Wasn't able to finish. He was trying to look for Julian Carranza as he was falling, but it would not convert. And But that three minutes in was a good opportunity for the Philadelphia Union. Seven minutes in, it was very interesting. Montreal and Woodford Nancy made an adjustment, made a tactical adjustment. Instead of going through this 3-4-2-1, he decided to switch it up. Let's go with the 3-4-1-2, giving Mahalovich a lot of room as that number 10 roaming around. And so it, that was interesting that seven minutes in, uh, Wilford Nancy called a tactical adjustment for Mahalovich to get some to get some room. And, of course, uh, with El Brujo Martinez tracking down Mahalovich through the 90 minutes, making him move up and down, and so opening some space. We all know Brujo Martinez is great at tracking back. That was very, very interesting to see Wolf or Nancy making that move uh, bright and early. Now, the t- uh, 1049 mark. This was a clear-cut opportunity for the Uni to go up one to nothing bright and early when you have Daniel Gazdak threading the needle between two defenders, right in between two defenders, finds a wide-open Leon Flock, and all he has to do is make a simple shove pass to Mikel Uwa so he can bury that bad boy who had some space from his defender. But unfortunately, Leon Flock could not get the accurate pass to Mikel, and that was another opportunity that would go down the drain. We'll get to Leon Flock because he had a couple of opportunities in this match, and it could be a possibly uh, a part of the scouting reports for these upcoming clubs because it could be a weak, a weak part of this lethal union attack. But and through the first 15 minutes, I really noticed that Jim wanted to set the tone bright and early. We saw the high press bright and early in this match. They were really challenging the ba- the three-man back line of Montreal. And they were re- not just the three back, but just bringing bodies up. They were not allowing that ball to leave the halfway mark of the field. And I thought the Union really did a great job of setting the tone right there. And that's what the Union definitely like to do. They want to bring up that high press. They want to put uh, these back lines to tough positions. They want to put uh, teams in general in tough positions. But it was definitely, definitely interesting to say the least. It was very interesting to see how Montreal was also defending narrowly. Um, and it was causing mismatches with Ua and Carranza really challenging their back line. And so they really compacted everything centrally for the union they were really forcing them to attack from out wide Uh, but it was also with that being said not only out wide with kai nathan but also their shuttle midfielders as well leon flock and ali bedoya had some opportunities to get on the ball and create some opportunities there as well um 18 22 this was a really nice play this was a play where in the half of the philadelphia near the halfway point they're really pressing, really pressing back. Mikel Uwa takes the ball from Waterman, and with Leon Flock right behind him, gets it to Leon. Leon back to Mikel Uwa. Uwa finds Gazdak all the way down the pitch, who in turn uh, gets a Julian Carranza, who they, the chemistry that these guys are building is truly remarkable. Carranza's running with Miller on him, and he's telling uh, Gazdak, put it right in front of me. Pass it to the left side. Put it right in front of me. I'll make the play. Gazak threads the needle. But then you got a, a turn where Miller and Carranza kind of bump into each other. 
It was a very, I will say this, it was a very, very, very close call. But the referees went to VAR, and that's ensued. We saw the first op- real opportunity for the Philadelphia Union to get on the board with a penalty kick opportunity. Julian Caranza would line up, put that bad boy at the right side of the net. He would make uh, uh, Be- Beza go the wrong way. And the Union would get the first dupe of the day with a one nothing uh, in the 21st minute for the Union. Um, and in so there we go, one nothing game through 20 minutes. Although it was a penalty kick, and I will agree, it was a penalty, it was a close call as well. But Caranza at the end of the day gets his third goal of the season. And I just want to say this he has looked so much better through eight games that he has in two years with Miami. What are you doing, Miami? We already talked about that last match, but we'll have to get to that again. <laughs> but it is definitely, definitely crazy to say uh, the least. Oh, had a nice opportunity two minutes later from a Kai Wagner cross that he was not able to convert. And that was really it uh, by uh, halftime. Union up one to nothing. They did a really solid job. They kept pressuring Montreal in the attack on the defense with or without the ball. They knew exactly what they were doing. And it was a great first half performance by the Philadelphia Union. But here's a kicker because we saw this last week against Toronto and in Toronto. It was a great first half that the Union had. Um, despite allowing a goal in in the late in the first half against Toronto. And the same thing happened against Montreal here. And you got to be able to convert on on those opportunities. They had a lot of good opportunities. They played really well for them to only walk away with one goal. And nonetheless, a goal from a penalty kick. So things needed to turn up and things needed to uh, just start falling in for the Philadelphia Union. Um, in uh, in, in, In the second half, like I said, they did a great job of creating opportunities, and they did the same thing in this half. But um, they were not clinical in the final third, and that's something that we also know as uh, well. Um, the key moment of this match was the fact that in the 58th minute, I'm sorry, uh, in, to go into halftime or going into the second half, right off the bat, Nancy substitution that really changed the, the trajectory of this game. He decided to take out Ibrahim. He put in Kai Kamara, who we all know in the league. He's been in the league for, it feels like, for 30,000 years. Um, and so he all, he, Nancy also made another tactical adjustment. He lined up uh, Kamara centrally. He was the center forward of the of the attack. And then he moved Romelu Kyoto back to, to out wide. And this really changed things up for Montreal, gave him another look, but also gave him a presence in the center of the pitch where... You know, Ramon Kyoto knows how to make runs. He knows how to score goals. But when you got big bodies like Glezes and Elliott, it does help to get a Kai Kamara with some size, some speed, and knows how to put the ball away in there as it's centered forward. So that was really a big move. And it really paid off um, 14, 15 minutes into this half where Montreal get a, gets their first goal. And this is one where Kai Wagner was not able to track back quick enough. Ramon Kyoto is roaming. He puts a perfect dime cross to Kai Kamara, and Kai Kamara bullies and, and embarrasses Jakob Glesnes. An, an uncharacteristic misread for Jakob Glesnes, and Kai Kamara gets just enough on the ball to get it past Andre Blake, and there we go. We're drawn up one-to-one. Kai Kamara gets his eighth goal against the Philadelphia Union, and that makes the most goals by an opposing player all time against the Philadelphia Union. And that goes to show the great career that Kai Kamara has had within the MLS. And then we see him at the on the right corner near the corner line, uh, the, the 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 corner line there. And he's doing the swipe, swipe, swipe. 
get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't be celebrating because it, it was against us, but I do enjoy some TikTok dances nonetheless, as we all know, right? TikTok, as we all know. Um, but yeah, the, the second half, uh, we had some more opportunities. I mean, you had a a free kick in the 61st minute that was brought along from a Jose, uh, that Jose Brujo drew um, near the literally right outside the box of the of the of Montreal. Yeah, Daniel Gazek lined a perfect opportunity, and he goes uh, he goes strong side on the net, and unfortunately, it just just sailed right over. He could not get that ball to just come down a little bit, uh, and that was a missed opportunity there. Uh, Corey Burke misses an opportunity in the 69th minute right after getting uh, uh, brought into the match. Uh, it, 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 he, so they're going on a counterattack, and I don't know what was Corey was thinking. I don't know why, how he does not see Jack McGlynn from the left of him on an absolute island. Like he was literally on Brigantine and Corey was on Atlantic City and he just does not flip it over to Jack McGlynn. And we know Jack's creativity. He would have found someone in that box to put that. He would have found you again, Corey, to put that away. And that was very, very, very misopportunistic move by Corey Burke. And soon he just loses the ball because the defenders are like, okay, boop. And that, that was really it from that opportunity. That was definitely one that really killed us. But 71st minute, again, Ua and Burke were getting a ball that was was getting crossed in by Kai Wagner in the box. And they're both in the same spots. You got both of your forwards, your strikers standing in the same spots. And, and, and then Burke finds somehow finds a way to get the ball. But then he tries to make take a shot on that, and it goes wide. But... Again, instead of just taking a second, looking at your surroundings, you had Daniel Gazdek at the top of the box wide the fuck open to take a nice shot. And there is another missed opportunity from Corey Burke. Um, the 91st minute, we had a controversial yellow card on Kai Wagner. Um, that was that was a BS call from uh, a foul on Mahalovich, but it really was a soft call. Uh, but that was really it. Um, the uni would would take the draw, would take the point away. Uh, 17 points now on the season and would draw to lift Montreal. This does feel a little bit like a loss because of the fact that it's honestly very similar to the Toronto match, although you were able to walk away with a point instead of zero points. But a tale of two halves, like I mentioned, you looked really, really good in this match uh, against uh, Montreal in the first half. You had opportunity after opportunity. Like we've mentioned before, the 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 uh, the, th the big three up top, Caranza, Uwa, and Gazdak really have been gaining a lot of chemistry. They're really creating a lot of opportunities. They know how to move with the ball. They are starting to feel one another. They're starting to understand where where people where, where they're going to be in certain instances, but they're just not finishing. They're not being clinical in the final third. And and I know for Union fans, they are a little bit at edge because we dealt through this issue last year. But the difference is that last year. When you looked at our attack, you had number one, you had one really forward because Sergio was constantly injured and out of the lineup, in and out of the lineup. Uh, Jamiro Montero was in this club as well. We all know that Jamiro is Ronaldinho complexion. <laughs> he would have a time that would kill the Union's attacks as well. There, the, the good news here is that although the attack is not moving as we want it to, you are seeing that. The ball is is being moved around beautifully. 
They are getting the ball up and down. They are getting those opportunities. They are punishing those back lines. The high press is back. We really did not see that per, per se last season. And we are seeing them getting back lines and just teams in general into some tough positions. But the issue is we have to be clinical in the final third. You got to put those bad boys away. You got to make the right pass. Like we mentioned in that second half. I know that Corey Burke came in for Caranza, but you got to be able to w- be aware and know that Jack McGlynn is wide open to the left of me. Daniel Gazdak is wide open at the top of the box. You got to make that be- that better move. Now, one thing I did notice at, while I'm on MLSsoccer.com and I'm reading that, I'm diving deep to this match. I noticed that on MLSsoccer.com, by the way, shout out to MLSsoccer.com. They really break matches down really well. I used to use FootBob and I went back to MLSsoccer.com because I feel like they got better for this season. But regardless, I was looking at their pass chart and it's a really great chart. If you guys have never, it's a, if you guys have never um, seen this, it's the passing breakdown. Actually, you know what I can do, guys? You know, because only because I love you guys. You guys are fucking awesome. Always. Um, I'm going to share the screen here so you guys can look at what I'm looking at and I can show you guys my take here. Um, here we go. All right. So here we are, guys. This is the passing breakdown. The pass. If you guys notice here, they have this passing network. It shows um, all the passing combination that went down in this match. Now, if you guys notice here, right, you notice how the right side of the field is getting worked on a lot. Right. You got. Blake, the glasses, glasses to Harriel, Harriel to Alley. We've known this right here. Harriel and Alley have gained a chemistry this year. Those guys have been a great one-two punch on the right side of the net. And obviously finding Gazdak and and got on sub top was definitely something um, that we noticed a lot throughout this match. But if you look at the other side of the net here, or other side of the pitch here, you notice not a lot of passing, not a lot of movement going on from this side. And this line right here tells you that this passing from Elliott to Wagner happened quite a bit. But if you notice, ladies and gentlemen, Leon Flock not involved a lot in the in the attack. Not a lot of passes from Wagner, not a lot of passes to or from Flock to Ua. And what I noticed, and when I look back at the match as well, and what I noticed was that Flock is an Achilles heel to this union attack. As much as I love Leon Flock and we had him on Dupai River, fantastic guy, works his ass off through 90 minutes. He's great at tracking back. He's a great defender. But when you had Gazdak and I'm sorry, when you had Ua and and Karansa creating so much havoc in the final third and the Montreal century was just allowing Flock roam free, there's a reason why. And there's a reason why that Flock could not convert on those opportunities. He had the ball there. So that, to me, is a little bit of a concern. If you're not going to have, and this is kind of like with the Sixers, if you're not going to have Caranza, Ua, and Gazdak put away goals, they're just going to allow Leon Flock to run free because they know that those three players are dangerous. But Leon Flock is someone who should be coming up in, in instance if those guys are being covered. And they're going to allow him to have the ball. And it's kind of like the Philadelphia 76ers. When you know that Joel, James, Tyrese, and Toby are going to do most of the damage, you have a bench that is super weak. And when they're off the court, obviously you see what happens. I'm not going to go too far off on a Sixers tangent because we are talking about the Philadelphia Union. But this is something of concern. And I'm curious if going forward, we're going to go up against a really good MLS side next week in Nashville. And I wonder if they're going to take this here and, and take a page out of Montreal and Toronto's book. Because right now, the weakness in the attack is, in fact, Leon Flock. And this chart 
just tells you the story of what is what part of what is going on with Union Attack. Shouts out to MLSsoccer.com, but that is definitely something I picked up as well. Um, another uncharacter and, and uh, real quick as well, Jack McGlynn does not completely fix that either. Um, Jack did not get as many opportunities, I noticed as well. But Jack, as much as he's a great distributor, and she, obviously we talked about him in the preview, shouts out to him. He's signing on with Rock Nation. But he lacks some speed, and I think that his ceiling is obviously much higher than what Leon Fox is, and he's already far beyond Flock as far as his vision on the pitch. He's more of a contributor on the attack for sure. But obviously when, when you're talking about the unique system and the German high press, you need some defense. You need guys who are willing to press and willing to be active on the de defensive side of the soccer pitch. But it's definitely something we're going to have to keep an eye out. But another uncharacteristic goal allowed in the 59th minute of this match. And Glasnes literally allowed Kamara to, to beat him on that ball. And that was a nice touch. And that's a quality touch from an MLS uh, MLSer, really, Kai Kamara, who obviously has done this for God knows how long. And this is his eighth goal against the Philadelphia Union, most more by any player against the Union. But again, another goal that you don't typically see the Union back line allow. And it, it is just one goal. And at the end of the day, if for the Union attack, they got to put up, they have to, they have to put, put up more goals. They got to put more goals. It's as simple as that. I can't really kill the back line again, but we do have to criticize it because we have seen the standard of the union's defense really high up, like high up up here. And it, with those type of goals, that's just uncharacteristic from those type of dudes. Uh, overall, it was solid. Uh, Montreal had some opportunities in this match as well. It's it's not like that we completely shut down. Uh, we had uh, three three shots on uh, three shots on goals here today. And so the I'm sorry. Let me let me get this one up here. They had eight shots with three of them on goal. So they had they were throwing shots, but not a, not a lot of them were on target, and and nothing really that really was, you know, too 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 worrisome. But again, at the end of the day, we got to do a better job uh, of keeping that blank sheet because Andre Blake is going to be doing Andre Blake things, um, and it, it, and that that's just bound to happen. But at the end of the day, as well, you got to play full ninety. The first half, you really dominated Montreal. You looked like the better team, you know. Seven minutes in, Will for Nancy's making a tactical adjustment, and so you you got to you have to play better in that second half, and you had Montreal with a lot of opportunities, and that kind of something we talked about against Toronto. We saw how the Union for the first half an hour of the Toronto match looked really good, and it kind of all fell apart. Defensively in that match, this one per se so much, but again, got to keep that foot on the gas pedal, especially. When you have a one nothing lead through 50 minutes of this match, you got to go out and find that that second goal. You know, leads are never safe in soccer. That's that's for sure. And you got to be able to find that second goal. And then for the Union, um, that's something that that has affected them through these first two matches. What's up right now? What's going on, brother? Dupe, let's go. Let's go, Union. Let's get it, man. Let's get it. What's up, TikTok? Uh, pre appreciate the comments, guys. We are going to keep it soccer here today. We just, if you guys are interested, we did do our Sixers recap last night. Uh, it was a great one. It was, I know it was a late one as well. It was a crazy day yesterday uh, with the uh, Autism Awareness Foundation or charity that we were doing yesterday. Uh, but that is out right now. If you guys want to go on the YouTube channel, make sure you guys are subscribed as well. We have that out there for you guys right now, but we're going to keep it soccer here today. Uh, what's up? Good old, what's happening, man? 
I feel Uwa was hyped up so much by the Philadelphia Union, and he is scoreless. Um, yeah, and listen, I, I understand. I understand your frustrations with Michael Uwa. This is what I will tell you, though. Number one, Michael Uwa is coming from coming off playing an entire season over the Dane League. So there's a little bit of rust. If you remember when Dan Gazak first came in the league, he played an entire season within the Hungarian Premier League. And then he comes over here and he's got to play more soccer in a, in a situation where the union are going full throttle uh, into Champions League, going full throttle, waiting in preparation for the playoffs. With Michael Uwa, fatigue is a, is a little bit of an issue. Obviously, remember, he picked up that quad injury following the Montreal match. And he's getting he's getting acclimated with a new team, new pieces. Caranza, Uwa, and, and, and Gazak need to get used to playing with one another. However, though, I know he needs to score goals. And I will agree with you. He does need to score goals because he's had opportunities to put goals away. But the positive is, is he's getting himself in opportunities to score those goals early on in the season. We're talking eight games in. He's only played in five of those eight matches. So uh, to me, I'm not really panicking. I'm not hitting that panic button yet. The, the 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 talent, the quality, the class is there. We've never seen a striker create havoc the way that Uwa has created havoc for a lot of these back lines. He just has to be more clinical in that final third, and that will come. Good, good old, just a little patience goes a long way, but he's going to be just fine. I Trust me, I feel it, man. What's going on? What's happening, guys? We got what's happening. Uh, Alamage, what's going on? Philly over anyone? Hey, man, brother, let's go. Philly, Philly. We got NJ, Eli, checking on it. What's going on, Eli? It's good seeing you, brother. What's happening, man? Um, Eli, it's crazy how you know about every of your sports teams. I only keep up with the Yankees and John. Eli, I appreciate that, man. Listen, it's it's not easy, and I, I, I was a little frazzled this morning. I So I got done the Sixers, right, and I had to upload and whatnot, and I had to put – I boom, I put the Union match right away on. Fell asleep to the union match, woke up, was watching it at, at, at like 7 in the morning, fell asleep again, woke up at 10. I'm exhausted. I got to finish this match, and I'm walking to get coffee. My girlfriend comes in with her friends, and I'm just like in my wife beater, and I'm just like, uh, hi, guys. I'm going to go back and record. But no, listen, it, it, I, I love the city. I love the city, the, the city's sports, and it, it, it's been a long grind for her, for sure, especially sports like hockey and baseball, where I I was at the time not that fluent in it, you may say. But things have definitely uh, changed for the better. And uh, Philadelphia is a sports city. Philadelphia is a five sports city. And I truly believe that. And we're going to keep grinding until that day happens for sure, man. But I appreciate you. I appreciate it, Eli. I really do appreciate it, man. Eli, listen, you got two solid teams up there in, in the New York area. I don't like the way they're ran, but they're fun teams to watch. The Red Bull, you know, we hate the Red Bull here in Philadelphia. And obviously, NYCFC, man, if you're ever interested, man, I'm always here for you if you're ever interested in getting into the MLS. It's a fun, young league, and we're growing, man. We're, we're only in our 20, 27s in it's It's only getting better, man. But it, listen, this upcoming week, it's going to be a tough one for the Union. We're going to go into Nashville. We all remember what happened last year in the uh, Eastern Conference semifinals beating them in, in the penalty shootout. And they're going to be opening up their brand spanking new state-of-the-art stadium over in Nashville. I, I honestly cannot wait to watch it on TV because I've already seen glimpses of it. It, it is – I love these new MLS stadiums that they're building. And not that I don't like Subaru Park, but when you're in Subaru Park, it, it does feel a little bit like MLS 2.0. But when you're going to Columbus, Minnesota, Austin, now Nashville, L.A. – LAFC, not 
not the galaxy. No offense, galaxy, if you guys are watching this. But uh, you see, you feel the the changes from MLS 2.0 to MLS 3.0, the state-of-the-art stadium. They look like modern stadiums. And so it's going to be fun to watch, but it is also going to be a tough challenge. It is always tough for Nashville. And so for the Philadelphia Union, you've got it. Like, like we mentioned today, the attack obviously is still an issue, and you're going to go up against one of the better defensive teams that we have here in this league. It's going to be a great challenge for them. And for this entire team, you've got to play a full 90 minutes. Georgi Mihalovic, for the most part, was quiet. He did get uh, the best of Brujo at times throughout this match. Um, and then now this week, it never gets easy for Brujo Martinez. And this is why Jim said he's one of the best number sixes in the league, because he's got to go up against Huni Mukatar, who is one of the better number 10s in this league as well. And so it's going to be a tough, tough challenge, but it should be a lot of fun. It's always fun with Nashville. I'm glad they're over in the West because they're a tough team, but uh, it, it'll, it should be a lot of fun. But uh, it's going to do it for us here today, guys. Thanks again for everyone tuning in. Again, the Philadelphia Union on Saturday afternoon, take the point against Montreal and draw one-to-one against the boys from, from Montreal. We're off to Nashville to face off against Nashville SC. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it today. Make sure you guys hit that like button. If you guys did enjoy the content, of course, make sure you guys subscribe. If you haven't already to join on in this family, we talk Philly sports all the damn time. So never miss out any of this content. And of course, make sure you guys are subscribed to Wayne Philly sports. If you're more of a podcaster, we do rebroadcast these in podcast form. You can find that wherever you stream podcasts, we're on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Subscribe under Oi in Philly sports. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by name El Parcero Philly, and I'm telling you guys to do ball. Talk to you guys soon.